welcome to the Crafting and Coffee podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Hi, friends, and welcome to season three of the Crafting and Coffee podcast. I am your hostess, Amy Latta, and I need to start by apologizing that it has been forever since my last podcast, and it has taken me a long time to get back into starting season three. Uh, life sort of happened over the summer, and then the kids were going back to school starting seventh grade. And, you know, that's actually what caused me to come up with today's topic, which is dealing with the work-life balance. I know a lot of you who listen to the podcast are fellow creatives, fellow entrepreneurs, um, you are mom bosses, you are folks who are juggling a million different things at the same time. You're dealing with trying to have your own business and, you know, whether that's an Etsy shop, whether that's doing, um, selling your crafts in uh, physical locations, whether it's having a blog, whether, you know, whatever kind of creative business it is that you're doing, um, it's something that you have to learn how to juggle with your other daily responsibilities, your family life. And let me just start by saying that this is so hard. The reason why, uh, like I said, that it's taken me so long to get back to this podcast is because it got on the back burner. Life got so busy and everything else just sort of took priority over doing something that I really wanted to get back to doing for the business. Um, And I have to admit that in the eight years that I have been working for myself from home, I've kind of gone from one extreme to the other when it comes to this work-life balance. And I'm just now kind of settling in and feel like in the last year or so, I've started to get a handle on some good ways to really balance things out and um, have a healthy mix of work and life so that neither one is really suffering. Um, It started, you know, when I was first trying to really build the business, maybe like five years ago or so, I found myself working all the time. I would take vacations and my husband would complain because he said that I wasn't really on vacation. He felt like even though I was physically present, I wasn't actually there with him and with our son because I was wrapped up in work all the time. I would take my laptop, I would take my iPad, I would have my phone on all the time, and I was constantly still responding to emails, I was still posting. I remember being in Myrtle Beach one time, and at the time um, I was working with Social Fabric Shop Opportunities. Um, They are one of those middleman companies who helps bloggers to get sponsored posts, and so I had this post lined up for them um, for like a major food company, and I was supposed to go to the store and buy like this particular kind of food and I was supposed to make something with it and then I had to photograph it and I'm trying to do all this while we're in a hotel in Myrtle Beach and I'm thinking you know what am I doing here my husband was able to take off work and go on vacation and just enjoy himself with our family and here I am trying to do this paid sponsored opportunity I should have turned it down I shouldn't have even applied in the first place when I found out that it was going to conflict, the deadline was going to be when we were on our vacation. But I did it anyway. You know, I was young and naive and I was new to doing this whole having my own business thing. I wanted to make the money. I needed to make the money. And so I found myself turning into a workaholic where I was constantly online. I was constantly worried about what that next email said. Was I getting a new opportunity? Um, You know, was it 
another deadline? What was it that I had to pay attention to and take that attention away from my family? So I realized that that just wasn't working. And so I ended up sort of overcompensating and swinging way too far to the other end of the spectrum where, uh, you know, this past summer, I kind of took the summer off. And Fortunately, uh, financially and, you know, otherwise, I'm kind of in a place where I was able to do that. My books have been selling well, and so I've been able to back off from sponsored posts, and I didn't have a whole bunch of things on my calendar. Um, I didn't have a book I was in the middle of writing, and so I was able to step away, Um, but I feel like it was at a cost. I feel like I spent the whole summer being my kid's chauffeur. Um, I had one child who went to several different camps this summer. He went to baking camp, he went to Harry Potter camp, and he went to um, another, it was like building a video game camp, which he loved, and they were really cool. Um, And you would think that would have freed up some time for me, but what it actually did was it meant since it was a half-day camp and it was like half an hour from our house, I was in the car constantly because our other son was going to reading tutoring and he's still trying to master reading and writing in English since he's from China and um, he's only been here for two years and so he has been working really hard on his reading. So I ended up, I would drive one kiddo to camp and then I would drop the other one at tutoring just in time to take the other one, pick him up from camp and then go pick the other one up from tutoring. And by the time we did all that and then they were golfing this summer, they took up a new sport. So we had golfing every day. They were on the range hitting balls and, you know, it was wonderful. They did awesome. They loved it. They had a great summer, but I was so busy transporting kids from one place to another and getting them to their sports and their camps and their tutoring sessions and their playdates and all the other things that they did that my work really fell by the wayside. And I found myself coming back when school started and thinking, wow, I literally did nothing (laughs) all summer long for myself or for my business. And I feel like that's not exactly a healthy place to be in either. Um, you know, if I had to choose between the two, I'm glad that I spent the time with my kids. I'm glad that they had those experiences and those opportunities. But I feel like I could have done a better job of having a mixture of both. And um, I'm hoping this next summer to come up with a plan that allows me to not completely walk away from the business for several months. Uh, So all that to say, I'm not perfect. I don't have this completely figured out. But especially as we've kind of gotten back into the groove of things this fall and thinking about how I was doing things last spring before the summer hit, um, I have five tips that I think are really helpful in maintaining the work-life balance. Some of them I'm really good at doing. Some of them I know I need to do better, but I know that they're effective if you put them into practice. So these five tips, I hope, are helpful to you as well if you find yourself in a situation where you are also working from home or doing a side hustle from home and you're trying to find a good balance between your life and your work. So the first thing, the first tip that I have is to set specific work hours. Anybody who leaves home for work has specific work hours. Now my husband has a very predictable schedule. He leaves the house at the same time every day. He comes home every day at the same time except for Wednesday is his late day. But you know he's very very scheduled, very predictable. Some folks have shift work. Some people you know nurses and you know folks like that who are 
you know, on duty for longer shifts or, you know, their schedule changes from week to week. It's not as predictable, but it's still set. It's on this day, you are at work from this time to this time. And I find that one of the hardest things about working from home and working for yourself is that there's no one to say, this is your work day. This defines the limits of when you are working because you're in charge of that yourself. And it's very easy just to be, to exist, to be in this constant mixture of I'm mom and I'm boss and I'm cleaning lady and I'm the cook and I'm the chauffeur and I'm all these things, um, it's very difficult to always step back and say, okay, this is the limit of my work day. Uh, like someone who leaves the home and goes to an office or, you know, wherever it is that you go to do your work uh, if it's not the home. So for example, my work hours that I try to stick to are Monday through Friday from eight o'clock, that's when my kids get on the bus until 3.45 when they get back off. Um, And I give myself a lunch break. I give myself permission to, you know, go and play a game on my phone while I'm eating lunch or whatever it is. Um, But from eight to 3.45 is my work day. I have the flexibility, obviously, since I'm my own boss, to give myself a half day, to give myself, you know, a little break to go get Starbucks with my mom or, you know, go visit a friend or run an errand. I have the ability to give myself a day off, which I love, but um, the key is not so much about giving yourself the time off, but keeping yourself to the time on, which means I try not to work outside those hours unless it's very necessary, unless I have a very specific deadline that I just can't meet otherwise. Uh, For example, I did a sponsored post pretty recently with Amazon for Halloween costumes. They were doing box tombs where you made a costume out of one of their Amazon smile boxes. And I turned my one son into a chef and the box was his stove. And the, um, the amount of time I had between when they approved my idea and when my draft was due fell over the weekend. And so I kind of had no choice but to work over the weekend. So I chose Sunday afternoon when the Ravens game was on. So my husband and the boys were watching football and I was able to work on the costume. In the next room, I was still listening to what was going on, but I was crafting over there. And then I was able to take the photos of my son in the costume before the draft was due on Monday. Uh, But that is by far not the norm. Uh, Typically, if I have something that I have to do for a company, I have plenty of notice and I have time to get that done during my regular work week. When I have uh, somebody that I need to have a phone call with, whether it's the publisher or a brand, I schedule those phone calls during my normal work hours. Uh, One exception is when I go on the news, I have a regular monthly craft segment that does fall in my work hours with Good Day PA. It's on the second Wednesday of every month at 10 o'clock, so that doesn't take away from my family time. Unfortunately, when I go on local news programs uh, like WJZ, WBAL, um, sometimes that requires me to go on a Saturday or a Sunday morning and record those. Um, But again, that's sort of an extenuating situation. And, um, you know, other than that, I try really hard not to work outside of those Monday through Friday hours that I've set for myself. Part of that means that I also put down my phone when my workday is over. And I mean, not to say I don't text a friend or answer a phone call if my mom's calling, but I can't be on the phone all the time because my work is so integrally tied in with social media and with email. And if I'm on there, 
I'm going to get sucked back in. So part of it is just saying I'm stopping my work day and part of that is putting the phone and social media and stuff aside. Uh, so that's the first tip is to set regular work hours for yourself and really try not to exceed those. Uh, the second tip that I have is to choose a specific workplace. In the home, um, it's very tricky because you're surrounded all the time by the things that you have to do. I look around, you know, if I walk in the kitchen to get my lunch, I see all the dirty dishes that need to be cleaned. I know that I have laundry to do. I have vacuuming to do. You know, I, I'm surrounded by a mess sometimes, quite frankly. And, you know, the house is just reminding me, you need to do this. You need to do this. Um, when you go to the office, if you work outside the home, those things aren't staring you in the face. I'm so jealous sometimes of my husband because he has the luxury of walking away. It doesn't matter if he has grill tools to clean or, you know, whatever it is that he needs to fix here at the house that's on his to-do list. When he goes to work, it's out of sight, out of mind. But for me, my workplace is the home. So those things are constantly in front of my face. One thing that helps is to choose a specific place in the home that's your workspace and preferably at some place where you can't see all those other things that are competing for your attention. Uh, so for me, I have a craft studio down in the basement. Half of the basement is like a family room area where we have a couch and we have our TV and things and we have the unfinished area where the laundry is and then we also have the other half which is dedicated to my art and my business and so it's sort of my own little personal Michaels. I have all my paint there. I have all my crafting supplies, my Cricut, my heat press. Um, Everything is there, but I also created myself a desk space. Um, I have a place where I can put my computer, I can work, I can podcast, and I gave myself a little comfy chair so I can do my Bible journaling there. I can do uh, whatever other things that I need to do without being upstairs and sitting on the couch. Um, do I always work there? No. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to sit and curl up with the cat and the puppy and a blanket on the couch. Um, but I'm less productive there. And, you know, I, I really find that when I'm sitting at a desk, I feel like I'm working. I feel like, you know, even though I haven't left the house, I feel like I've sort of gone to the office, if you will. And I can switch my mindset from just being at home to being at work. All my supplies are right there around me and I can't see all the other things that need to be done. In fact, I have my desk against a wall, so I can't see into any other room. I'm just looking at what it is that I'm working on and it helps to focus me and put me in that work mindset. My third tip is to choose a non-home workplace in case you need an escape. If you really just can't focus and you find yourself unable to do what you need to do at home on a particular day, you need to have a place where you can go and you know that you can be productive. So for me, that place is Starbucks. And you, know, you all can probably already guess why if you've been listening to the podcast or following the website for a while because I'm addicted to coffee and you know Starbucks is my fave. And so I head to my local Starbucks and I can sit there and I can focus on what I need to do. It doesn't have to be that for you. It could be the library, a nice quiet space. Um, it could be a co-working space if there's one in your city. Um, it's anywhere that you can go and hang out for a long time for a little cost or free, like the library. Um, you know, you don't want to find yourself 
paying exorbitantly to go somewhere because, I mean, that's cutting into your business profit. And you don't want to be somewhere where it's really busy. I've tried before to work like at Panera and at lunchtime, forget it. It's so busy. It's completely distracting and you feel pressure to leave because there's so much turnover and people are looking for tables and it's just so constantly busy. So find yourself a chill spot where you can go, you know, a coffee shop is great or, you know, a bookstore if you can just go like grab a corner, just some place that you can go and sit, have access to Wi-Fi or whatever it is that you need and you can just hang out and know that you're in a space that's not your home where you can get stuff done. So we've got set work hours, set your workplace, have a backup non-home place. Then tip number four is have a person to keep you accountable. Uh, For me, a lot of times that person is my hubby because he's the one that will say to me, you know what, you need to stop working. This is our time now. We actually have a schedule that we're pretty good at sticking to at this point in life, which is, you know, I have my work day from eight to four and he has his work day as well. Then he comes home and we have dinner usually around 5.15, 5.30, After dinner, whatever time that is, usually around 6, from 6 to 8 is our family time. And the kids love this. They count on it. And every day they come home. The first thing they ask me is what's for dinner. And then it's what are we doing after dinner? Because they know maybe we're going to play a board game. Maybe we're going to take a walk. Maybe we're going to go someplace special and do a fun thing. But whatever it is, 6 to 8 is our family time. Everybody's involved, everybody's included, and we do something that everybody enjoys doing together. Then from 8 to 10 is my time with my husband. The boys don't go to bed at 8 o'clock, but they're on their own at 8, and they're responsible for putting themselves in bed. Um, We do have to monitor that because uh, one child in particular is not awesome about following that rule, and he'll be reading under his covers, or he'll be, you know playing the iPad underneath the covers in bed and so we have to go up and make sure that they really do go to bed and when it's time but from 8 to 10 my husband and I take that time for ourselves to reconnect talk about our day go over anything that we need to and honestly a lot of nights we end up (laughs) indulging in a Hallmark movie because we both love them and especially now you know countdown to Christmas is starting and we just love it it's our little escape that we like to do together it's our quality time so we'll um, we'll eat a little dessert. My one son is into baking hardcore right now. He's raising funds for his own KitchenAid mixer, and so he's been baking things and selling them. So we always have these fresh baked goods in the house. So we'll have a yummy little snack, and we'll watch our Hallmark movie. Um, but that's kind of our schedule. And if I am doing something that's work-related during family time or during us time, my husband I ask him to do this and he'll rein me back in and say, hey, 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 this is our time. And he's absolutely right. And I appreciate having that accountability because it keeps me focused and it keeps me uh, doing the balance that I want in my life. Um, You can also have a coworker. Um, I have a whole podcast just about co-working, how it works and how it helps. You can certainly do that um, during some of your work time when you're in your non-home space, like if you're at the coffee house and you have someone else there who's working at the same time to kind of just make sure that you're meeting your goals and doing what you need to do. Or you can have a friend that you ask to text you during the day and just say, hey, are you doing what you need to do Um, and not going off down rabbit holes, which I'll talk more about in a minute, but um, 
you know, just having somebody who can check in on you and make sure that you're keeping the balance in your life, whatever the balance is that you've set, whatever your schedule is, somebody just to come alongside you and help remind you that that is what you want to be doing. And then tip number five, this one is the one that I'm the worst at right now, um, but it's the one that I'm working on. And I would definitely encourage you to work on it as well, because I think it's really, really helpful. And that is to set daily goals and record your daily progress. So each day before you start your work, what is it that you want to accomplish during the day? And then at the end of the day, make a list. What is it that I did today? What did I accomplish? What did I do? Um, I can be all over the place. I have so many random little things in a day that I have to get done. So not only things for my business, um, I also, for example, I am in charge of the social media for my kids' school's PTO, as well as for our church. So every day, I feel like I need to be posting on Facebook and on Instagram for those outlets, plus my own. Um, Well, fortunately, I have an assistant who does my Facebook for my business, but I do my own Instagram. And I'm also scheduling pins for Pinterest through Tailwind. I'm creating new content, I'm creating projects, I'm photographing projects, I'm writing posts, I'm promoting old things, I'm working on my SEO, I'm working on going back and deleting old posts that aren't relevant anymore and aren't getting any views. Um, There's just such a variety of things that I do. Um, I'm working on pitches for a new book, I'm working on, you know, talking with brands about collaborations, I'm reaching out to media outlets about other news possibilities and appearances, I'm podcasting. So a million different directions that I can go and sometimes that causes me to do just that. I try to go in all these directions and I end up accomplishing nothing. not to mention the fact that social media is such a huge part of what I do that it's really easy for me to get distracted and go down the Pinterest or the Instagram rabbit hole. I get on there with good intent. I'm going to post my content for today. And then the next thing I know, I'm taking a quiz about what kind of cheese I am, or I'm doing one of those little things where you use your first initial and your birthday to find out what your elf name is. Um, So you know, I, I'm the first to admit that I'm easily distracted. So if I end up on Facebook or on Instagram, which I do every day, it's so easy to get sucked into those things. So it's really important to have a to-do list of what it is that you want to accomplish in that particular day, and then be really intentional about checking it off. Then at the end of the day, you'll be able to see your progress, and it's going to help you to be more productive during the day if you know exactly what your goals are and exactly what you need to do um, during that given day. Um, So that is kind of my current area for improvement, Um, but all five of these tips together, I think, will help all of us to be better with our work-life balance and help us to be more productive and more successful. So again, we're going to set work hours and not work outside of them. We're going to choose a workplace in the home that eliminates our distractions. We're going to choose a non-home backup place where we can work if we really need to get away. We're going to choose someone to keep us accountable. And we're going to set those daily goals and record our progress. And I think when we are consistently doing those things, we're going to find that our work and home balance is so much healthier And in the long run, then 
all of those areas of our life are going to be better. They're going to be better quality. We're going to do better work because we're focused and we're going to have more quality time with our family because we're not letting work spill over into it. Um, And I just, I really hope that you find those tips helpful. Like I said, it's been a long journey for me trying to find this balance and cultivate it. And the more that I do it, the better I feel about my work and my life in general. Um, And I'm really hoping that you find it to be the same way. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I encourage you, if you haven't heard the episodes from seasons one and two, to go back and check those out. And you can always hop on over to my website at amylattacreations.com, where I share all kinds of DIY and craft ideas with a focus on hand lettering. Uh, Be sure to check out my books. My newest one, Hand Lettering for Faith, just released a couple of weeks ago. I'm really excited about that one. Um, And I would just love for you to visit on social media at Amy Latta Creations and let me know if this has helped you and how it's um, affecting your own work-life balance. Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.